All right, all right. How's everybody doing today? I love the cloudy, rainy weather. Yeah, that's right. See, I was, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I was born in Portland, Oregon, so it's like rust is in my blood, and so the clouds and the, and the rain, I just, I just love it. I love it. And you know why I love it? Because it only happens like 10 times a year around here, and it's awesome. All the time, I think it'd wear me down again, but, but I love it here when it does this nice, cloudy, gloomy, gloomy weather. Listen, I, I got to say hi to everybody, and if you haven't met me yet, if you're new, if you're visiting, uh, my name is Matt, and my wife Amber and I are the pastors here at the church, and so we are um, so glad to have you here with us this morning. In fact, the, the first step to getting connected around here is if you want to text in guest to this number that's up on the screen. Yep, look at that. Right on the queue. Man, you guys in the back are on fire. And so, right, you text in guests to that number, and that's kind of a quick way just to say hello and, and kind of get, start your first step to getting connected around here. It's fantastic. Uh, the second thing is that if you came prepared to give today, um, uh, that you can give both analog with checks and cash in the boxes that, that are out around, or if you want to go digital, you can go giving right through, type giving to that word, and then, um, and then it'll link you back through to be able to do it on the online way. Or you can just go right to the website. That's a way to do it as well. And, and so um, we, we just believe in, in the fact that God's given so much to us that we are a conduit for blessing. And so, um, and so that's, we just love to give around here. Amen? Three of you are like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Listen, I'm so glad that you're here. Listen, I, I got I to gotta tell you that, um, you know what I'm really excited about is, is over the summer, we've actually seen our church starting to grow over the summer. How many of you guys have noticed that we have new faces showing up and new families showing up and, and things have been growing and growing and growing and, and, and it's amazing, isn't it? Like God's been doing some amazing things and, and, uh, and I got to tell you that, that over, over the last five weeks, Four of them, we've had to pull out extra chairs to, to accommodate extra people. And, and so we, as a leadership team, we made this decision that, that we're actually going to add a second service um, starting October 20th. We're going to two services. And uh, it's right. Absolutely. I'm telling you, God's doing something. And, and our church is growing. And we're going to start reaching some more people for Jesus because I think it's a good thing to do. And so we're going to start adding more, another service to be able to, to accommodate that. And, and, um, and so uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good thing. I'm pretty excited about that. And so, um, and so anyhow, some of you guys may knew that was, say it's maybe seen that was coming, but, but I got to tell you, I, I'm pretty excited about it. And actually it's going to take all of us to make this work. And so, um, here's, here's what the next thing is. This is that if you aren't serving somewhere, volunteering around here, I need your help. You got to find this guy. <laughs> I need the you got to find this guy. Find Jeff. He's actually at the sound booth this morning. But if you find Jeff, he'll help you get connected as far as, like, if you say, I'm not, I'm not volunteering anywhere. i got to find a place to volunteer. If everybody actually serves once a month, it makes the burden really light. And then, and then um, it's our church, right? And, and you don't just go to this church. It's your church. And so um, volunteer once a month, and then all of a sudden the burden is light for everyone. And uh, classic church is where 10% of the people are doing 90% of the work. That's classic church. Well, that's not our church, is it? No, that's right. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to do better than that. And so, um, so if everybody does a little bit, it makes the burden light. And then, um, and then guess what? When we go to October 20th, um, I'm believing for a miracle to happen on October 20th. And we go to two services that, that God's going to fill it up. He's going to fill up both services. And this place is going to grow yet again. And so I, I want to tell you how that's going to happen is... Is there's things. Number one is we have people already praying. We've already got prayer teams praying right now for what's going to happen between now and October 20th. And then along the way, here's what's going to happen is, is we're all going to start inviting people. We're all going to start praying, God, who can I bring to church with me? Who, who's on my list? How can, I, how can I do this? There are people in your life who need Jesus. 
Some of them are far from God, and you think, man, I don't know if they would clean up enough for church. Bring them here. I don't care if they stink, you know. It, I, I don't, it doesn't matter what, what situation that they're in. Let's, let's get them to church. And so I believe that God has put people in your life. And so over the next few weeks, I'm going to be praying, and I want you to be praying, God, who would you have me to bring to church? If everybody brought one person, the church would double in a day. Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be a miracle. And so, listen, we're going to start praying now. In fact, I'm going to pray right now, and, and we're, going to, we're going to do this. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the, the increase that you've already brought to our church. But, God, I'm believing for more. And, God, you've already brought people. We're going to be responsible with what you've already brought in us. Brought in us. And, God, I just ask that you would help bring more people in the door. Help us to see those people around us who need to be coming to church. And, God, help us to invite them to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm telling you, it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting season around here at the church. It will be. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the only person excited this morning about this, but, but I, I, I'll bring enough energy for all of you. That's what I say. I, I, I tell, I tell um, people around me, like, I can out-tigger your Eeyore, right? I can out-tigger your Eeyore. <laughs> so we're in a series on anxiety, right? You talk about anxiety and worry, and, and it reminds me of this story about a doctor. He's a surgeon. He's going into surgery, and and the patient's on the bed. They're starting to lay the anesthesia on him. He walks in, and, and he's like, Dave, don't worry. It's a small surgery. It's a small operation. Dave, don't worry. It's a small operation. And the patient, he says, but doc, my name's not Dave. You know, as he's like drifting off, you know. And, and the doctor's like, I know. I'm Dave. <clears throat> like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Freaking out, right? You know, it's funny. Like, there's things about you can be worried about, right? Like jumping out of a plane and parachuting, but if you jump out of a plane and, and your parachute don't, doesn't open, don't worry. You have the rest of your life to figure it out. <laughs> it's all right. You, you, you know, you don't have to worry about straying from your diet. Today's Sunday. You don't have to worry about straying from your diet today either. It's Tom Brady's cheat day too. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Guys, we're in a series. And all the Patriots fans are like, boo. <laughs> That's right. All my Bronco fans. My Bronco fans. Oh, man. That's right. We're in God's house today. We are, we're in this series on anxiety and, and, and worry, and, and, and it turns into fear and can feed into depression. And, and anxiety is one of the things, that's a real thing, it's a real, it's not a joke, right? It's like, we can make jokes about it, but, but, it, but it's, it's not a joke. Anxiety is a real thing that, that kind of affects every single one of us. And, 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 and it's often a feeder to other things that happen. In fact, everyone deals with situational anxiety all the time. You and I have situations in our life, and, and, and if you don't have a situation in your life that's giving you any sort of anxiety, just wait. Monday's coming. Something will pop up, and, and you'll have a little bit of anxiety about something. Situational, small anxiety things, are, 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 they happen all the time. But there's times in life where the anxiety starts to build, and it starts to become a problem. Right now, about 20% of the population in the United States has some sort of diagnosable anxiety situation going on. Like, like diagnosable, it's been diagnosed, 20%, which, which means there's more than 20% actually dealing with it because when you're anxious, you don't want to talk to anybody about it because you're anxious about what they might say about it, right? Some of our biggest battles, though, are ones that we fight in our mind. The, the biggest battles are the ones we fight in between our own two ears. Nobody sees them. Nobody sees the battle. 
Isn't that crazy? You can be at war in your mind. You can have all this stuff going on, and you finally drag yourself to church. You get here, and someone goes, how are you doing today? Oh, the Lord is good, brother. Yes, the Lord is good. And, and you know, inside, there's like a whole war going on, but on the outside, you're like, I'm doing great. Yes, that's awesome. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? How's the wife and kids? You know, and you get the whole thing going. At work, it's the same way. Because you and I both know it might be a little bit weird if you walked into work and, and they're like, how you doing today, buddy? And, and you're like, oh my gosh, my life is crumbling. You know, you, you're not, you don't want to do that, right? There's this thing in our culture, we want to keep our face up, right? We want to keep the, the, the facade up that things are going okay, right? It, it happens all the time. And, and some of us live that way in, in a constant way, in, in, in that constant situation. Our biggest battles are there. See, we look strong, but, but actually on the inside, we feel weak. We look confident, but actually, on the inside, we, we feel afraid. We look happy, but we might be hurting. We go home, we feel anxious, and we have insecurity and even dread that starts to sweep over us from time to time. It's something that every single one of us in the room deals with. Last week, I shared about my own personal struggles with anxiety that I have battled in my, my own life. Listen, we all deal with this from time to time, and there's times where it builds to, to great levels of anxiety that's hard to manage and hard to deal with. The good news is this, is that the Bible actually has a lot to say about anxiety. And, 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 it, and it really does. In fact, the, the, the main verse for this entire series we're in is found in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. You can turn to it in your Bibles or on your device, or, or you can even look at the screens that we have here. And this is what it says in Philippians chapter 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Some versions will say be anxious for nothing, which is why we called it be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, yeah, easy for this guy to say, right? He's writing the Bible. I bet his life is fantastic. Well, actually, it's not. Um, if you go and look, this is, this is Paul who's writing this letter from prison, like, like prison prison, not the white-collar slap-you-on-the-wrist cable TV prison like we have today. This is like the dungeons underneath the ground. There's rats and disease, and if uh, you get... If your trial doesn't go favorably, they, they like cut hands and wrists off of your body. They, they, they will cut your tongue out. They, like, they mutilate people. They, they literally, he's waiting trial in the, this dungeon of a prison saying, be anxious for nothing. Really, guy? Like, like, you're, like you're the one saying, listen, I'm telling you this, that, that he had something to be anxious for. Something legit in his life that was worthy of anxiety. He had it. He was dealing with it. He was going through it. Everything that you have in your life, you have stuff in your life right now that you can be anxious for if you want to be. They're real things. I'm not saying they're not real. They're real things. They're real situations. But here the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. Present your requests to God. So what is anxiety exactly? Well, it's kind of complicated. It's complicated. You know, it, it can be kind of, it can be psychologically driven, emotional, situational. It can be spiritual. In fact, the approach to anxiety tends to be a multi-pronged approach. 
And I'm a huge fan of this, is that you need to approach this kind of stuff in a holistic format, in a holistic manner. Now, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm I'm a pastor. So what I would say is I can easily speak to you on the spiritual side of anxiety. I am not negating the other sides of it. I want you to know that. Like, I, I think there's a holistic approach to it. But oftentimes, we will neglect the spiritual side of it. And so many times, God wants to bring a spiritual answer and solution to, to the anxiety that you're facing. So let's get a holistic approach. So I would say we always pray. Always pray. Engage the spiritual. Maybe, maybe you need to see a counselor. Maybe you need some therapy. You might even need a little medicine to help you get through what you're getting through. I can't prescribe that to you. You wouldn't want me to prescribe that to you, right? Listen, there, there are people that can, nutritionists that can even help and say, hey, eat this way, take these supplements that will help your brain function at a different level to help you overcome this bump in the road. There are different approaches, but today we're going to talk about the spiritual side of it. We're going to address the spiritual side of things, because that's the part that I can speak to with confidence. The other sides, I, I just can't. We said this last week, but I want to say it again, is this, that anxiety is, is a symptom. It is not the root cause. Anxiety is a symptom. Anxiety is the light on your dashboard of your car that turns on when something is wrong. When the check engine light on your en- vehicle pops up, what do you, what do, you do? You, you pops up and then you, you think, is that the problem? Because if that was the problem, you could just put a piece of tape over that light, reach behind the dash and pull the light bulb out, problem solved, right? No, that's, that's, not, that's not it. That, that one light of anxiety comes on in your dashboard of your vehicle, that could mean literally hundreds, if not thousands of things could potentially be wrong with your car, right? The, the light comes on and says, hey, this is anxiety, and it's a symptom. It's a, it's a trigger. It's a, it's a light bulb. It's nothing more than a symptom to say there's something bigger going on here. And if you're dealing with anxiety, that's the bulb that goes on. And and if you think about it, if the light comes on in your car that says to check engine, well, what do you do? Well, you take it back to the manufacturer and say, listen, you created this thing. There's something wrong here. I need you to help fix it. Can I get an amen? Right? And if God created you and I and we have the lights coming on, it kind of makes sense that we might go back to the one who created us and just said, I don't know what's going on, but, but this light is coming on in my life and I need help to understand what it is to be able to fix it. The signal indicates there's a problem. The one who made it knows how to fix it. You know this, it's actually not a sin to feel anxious. Anxiety is not a sin. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was going to be crucified. He was praying intensely. It says in the Bible so intently that he was sweating drops of blood. If that isn't anxiety over what's about to happen in his life, I don't know what is. Like, like, like we all face these things. What you do with that anxiety is what matters, but, but the, the, the anxiety that comes on itself isn't a sin. Don't let it drive you to sin, but, but it, it itself isn't a sin. It's a symptom. And so anxiety is a signal that is alerting you that it's time to pray. Anxiety is a symptom that is alerting you that it's time to pray. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Are you worried about the doctor's appointment coming up? Pray. Right? If you've if you're, you got a big decision to make, you're worried about it, pray. If you've if you got a big project due at work or at school or, or you're trying to navigate what you've got to control and you can't figure it out, what do you do? You pray. 
You're a parent. You have a kid. They need braces. Super expensive. What are you going to do? Pray. Right? You're like, how am I going to, how is this going to happen? I don't know why, huh? Hey, huh? If it's keeping you up at night, you got to start praying about it. And I realize this, that some people don't know how to pray. Like, like what are the rules to prayer? Like, like, like is, it, is there a time limit? Is there a minimum amount? Is there a, like, a maximum? If I go too long, am I going to like tire God out? He's going to be like, okay, enough already. Like, you know, do I need to do it in old King James? Right? Because like, oh, thou hast heavenly father. Like, like, what is it that we, how do you have to do? Like, and, then, and then you think, oh, well, they, do I have to have long words or short words? Or, or do I have to get on my knees next to my bed? Or do I have to have a closet? That's right. I've seen a movie. There was a closet. You had to have a closet. Uh, it, it, right? Like, like, is it, people talk about a prayer closet. Do I have to have a closet? How does this work? Well, what if I, do I clean this one out? We're going to put the coats now, you know? And, and, and it's like, what, what are the rules of prayer? And, and, and sometimes we can get so formal with things and we think, well, this is how you have to get it done. And there has to be check boxes and check boxes and I got to do it this way. And, and how do I start? Like, how do I dial it? Like, is it dear Jesus or is it heavenly father or sweet daddy, baby Jesus, like, like, what do you, how do you start it? And then at the end, you have to say, like, how do you do that? How do you wrap it? Is it like, just like an amen? Or is it like a, in Jesus name? Or like, you know, like all these different rules. And then, and you get to church and then you, you see somebody else praying and, and then they're like super prayers, you know, like ninja prayer guys. And, and, and they're like doing all kinds of crazy stuff in their prayers. And you're like, wow, that's just, just amazing. And, and you ever hear those guys? And, you, and I've heard them and I, and I think, man, if I was God, I'd listen to that one. Like, that was impressive, you know? Like, God's up there going, like, Matt, your prayer is like, okay, but that guy, wow! You know, like, like that guy's incredible. He was, like, quoting verses, you know? And, and he ever had that with the references and everything. Like, not just saying them, but, like, you know, like, like knowing exactly where they're at in the Bible. And, and, and right? He's like, like I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you get around these guys sometimes, and they start to pray. Well, how do you pray? Like, what do you do? Okay, I just got to pray. I'm worried. Now, now I'm, I got anxiety. I got the light on the dashboard. I know I got to go back to the manufacturer how does this work? You don't have to pray to a relational God in a formal language because he loves you. My, my, my kids have different ways of communicating. They talk to me the way they want to talk to me. One of them, in the morning, they're on the couch watching cartoons they pause the TV for a moment and like, Dad, cereal, now. Unpause the, they don't, they don't actually do that. <laughs> but right, like, if you think about it, the, your kids or, or you were, everybody here was at least a kid one time and you've seen other kids working with their parents if you don't have kids of your own, but you look at how kids interact with their parents, they don't, they don't have to go, oh, dearest father, thou would like some lucky charms this morning. If by the graciousness of your heart, would, like they don't do that, right? When they say, hey, dad, can I have lucky charms? Yeah, sure, kid, I got you, you know, pull or pull, and here you go, right? Whatever it might be, right? They, there's a relational God who loves you and wants to communicate with you. You just approach him in a relational way. When something's keeping you up at night, when something's got you worried, when your anxiety is at a place that's almost unimaginable, that, that's when you say, okay, God, I don't know what to do here, but I'm trusting that you do. Not that deep of a prayer. The one from your heart is the one that he'll respect. The one that, that, that comes out of 
Just your sincerity is the one that he wants. He doesn't want all the pomp and the, he just wants your heart, however simple that might be. It says to present your requests to God, a.k.a. let your needs be known in your way, in your way. You can, you can write them out. Some people have prayer journals. Have you heard that? People write all their prayers down. They, they write them. That's their prayer journal. If that works for you, do it. Write your prayers out. Like if, if, that's, if that's what you, if the, what comes natural to you, if you're a writer, write them out. If you're a singer, you can sing your prayers to God. You can, you can communicate in the way that makes sense to you. You can shout them too, out of joy and anger. God's big enough to handle your temper tantrums, right? Like, like if you ever, if you, maybe you've never done this, but your, your, your sinful pastor has, I've literally shouted at God, God, why are you doing this to me? He can handle that. He's big enough for that. Any way that you want to communicate to him is something that he wants to see. You know, as an earthly father, I kind of like it that my kids need me. On a Saturday getting up and they want me to get them some more cereal, there's kind of something inside of me that really likes to like be wanted and needed. There's also another side of me that's like, kid, you're old enough, get it yourself. But, but there's that part of me that wants to be able to provide and take care of my kids. So you pray to a relational God in a relational way. I like the way that Peter described our need for God when we're feeling anxious. 1 Peter chapter 5, 6 through 8 says this, says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. It's almost like there's a spiritual war that's going on. And if you can get, if the devil can get you loaded up with enough anxiety and worry, you can get so focused on that that you're distracted from what God's trying to do so he can then come after you and get you devoured. Right? We think we're trying to handle business and really we're running a loop that the devil's using as a ploy to get us distracted. It becomes a spiritual war at some point. How do you think the devil attacks? See, if you're in a battle, you, you, you must be important. If he's coming after you, he sees something in you that he doesn't want to see happen. It means that you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. When you're playing a video game, if all the bad guys are coming against you, it means you're going in the right direction. If you're facing resistance in your life, that may be because you're headed in the direction God wants you to go, and that resistance is coming from the enemy. Now, you've got to have wisdom to discern if that's the truth, because sometimes the resistance from God saying, come on, get back over to where you need to be. But, but sometimes the, if you know you're headed in the direction that God wants you to go, you should expect to encounter resistance. You should expect to, to see things that come against you in the form of, of anxiety. It's interesting is, is Peter is the disciple that walked on the water. All these disciples in a boat, Jesus is walking across the lake, going for a stroll. They're in the boat. They're hanging out. They see Jesus. They're freaking out. Is this a ghost? What is this? Hey, and then they realize it's him, and they're like, hey, Jesus. And Peter calls out, Jesus, if it's really you, call me out to walk. He's like, he's like yeah, yeah, come on. Eleven of them stay in the boat. 
One of them gets out and starts to walk. Peter starts to walk on the water, and he's getting closer to Jesus. And, as, and he's getting closer to Jesus, the waves and the wind. And, and the reality of what he's doing is probably setting in at a pretty high level. And he starts to look around, and he realizes, where is, I'm, I'm literally walking on water. And he starts to become full of fear and panic, and, 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 he, and he starts to sink. And Jesus reaches out with his mighty hand, and lifts him up out of the water. And so when Peter's writing this, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You see, Jesus reaches out his hand. If you are sinking, the problem might be that you're not reaching out your hand to the mighty hand that is reaching out to you. In a few minutes, we're going to sing a song together. And um, not yet, but in a few minutes. And we're going to lift our hands. And we're going we're gonna to sing together, and, and it's going to be one of those things where we're going to lift our hands and, 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 and up to the mighty Savior. And, and you'll be like, well, gee, Pastor Matt, that whole hand-lifting thing isn't really my jam. That's not really my thing. Listen, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. We go to concerts, we sporting games, we lift our hands, and most of the time, we're lifting our hands in victory when our team's scoring a touchdown or a goal or Tom Brady gets hurt. Like, like we are lifting our hands in victory at some level, right? Lifting our hands can be a sign of victory, but it can also be a sign of surrender. I believe that in this moment, it can be both. As you surrender, God brings the victory. It's funny, there's a cycle of anxiety that, that can kind of kick in. Let me know if this sounds familiar. You start to feel anxious about something. And so then you start to feel the need to try to control it. Because you see the positive and negative outcomes. And in your mind's eye, you can see, well, if I can do A, B, and C, then I can get the situation that I'm anxious about to go in the direction that I want it to go in. And we start to do those things, and it starts to happen. It starts to go in the direction that you want. But you start to have fear about losing control because now at this point, your hands are in it, and you're trying to control it to keep the situation going where you want it to go. But it gets more complex. The options become greater. Not everything is, is, is controllable, and so you're trying to control what you can control. And so you start to have fear that overcomes, that starts to, you know, you're getting fearful about controlling the thing that you have. And so, so now the fear is driving you to, to grab on and have more and more control. And then the feelings of anxiety start to rise because now all of a sudden you realize that there's multiple outcomes that you can't control. And you start to have this. And it's a fear, control, anxiety, spin, cycle that you just can't seem to break out of. How do you break it? Here's the thing. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You can't fix everything. You can't fix everything. I wish you could. I wish I could too, but you just can't. But we can surrender anything we want to. You can't fix any, everything. 
You can go to the therapist and meet, and they can work on some things, but you, and you can fix some things, but you can't fix it all. You, you can maybe get on some medicine, and that'll help fix some pieces, but, but it doesn't fix it all. You can, you can do the nutrients, you can do the exercise, you can do all the different things and the pieces that help to bring anxiety under control, but you can't fix it all. But you can surrender anything that you want to. And Peter says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Verse 7 says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast, throw, release, give, surrender, let it go. Most of us do this, though. Okay, God, I give you control. The keyboard's playing at soft music at church. Yes, God, you can be in control. 12 minutes later, okay, 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 come on, it's not fixed yet. Let me, let me, let me get back at it again. Oh, no, no, oh, no, wait, no, no, I'm giving control. 10 minutes later, oh, no, I'm starting to worry about it again. I'm going to pull it back down again. And we start to give it, and we start to take it, and we start to give it, and we start to take it. And then pretty soon you're anxious about how much you're giving it and taking it. And then you have fear about it, and then the fear starts to turn into the thing. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I have a whole new cycle that i got to break. Right? But, like, there's this, this is given. And, and listen, I'm telling you, when God says you surrender, you cast, you throw, get it off of you. Get it off of you. If the band would come at this point, we're going to um, sing in a few minutes. I'm going to close. So what's weighing on you? What burden are you carrying? What's the thing that you've been hanging on to that you need to let go that only God can solve the problem? Is it your future? I'm worried about the next steps in my future. The job, the, the career, the options. The finances. I, I just, I'm not sure how we're going to make ends meet. I have to make this to make that happen so that I can get the rent in on time or, or get the bills paid on time. My marriage, my marriage is struggling. We have good days and bad days, and lately it's been more bad days than good days, but, but, but God, I, I, how do I get my marriage to get back on track? Or you're here and you're like, will I ever get married? I've been waiting around a really long time. Or maybe your health. You're worried about your health. You're worried. You just can't seem to keep up with life. Maybe you've been burning the candle on both ends for a long time, and you just can't seem to keep up. In our main verse, it says, Philippians 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard you. When you cast your cares and anxiety on him, it's the peace of God that will come in and guard you. The peace that's beyond understanding, the peace that's supernatural, the peace that you can't provide, the peace that this world cannot provide to you, he will provide to you. And if they can't provide it, he, they can't take it. If the world can't provide it, the world can't take it. And it's the peace of God that, that surpasses logic. Because my logic says that it's gonna take more than just peace to get through this. But when you surrender to God, there's something that happens that is beyond our understanding. 
And so we're going to take what's weighing on us and we're going to present our needs to God. We're going to sing this song and why don't you guys just stand right where you're at. And I'll tell you, for some of us, it's been a dark season. If you're not dealing with anxiety right now, you know you have and you know one day you might. But for those of you that are in it right now, it's a dark season sometimes. Some dark days. I'll tell you what, we can look back and see that God got us through some dark days in the past. We can see that, that what's happened in the past means that, that he could be faithful to bring us through into the future. What, what, what was once worrying us before, and, and maybe he solved it. And, and so maybe now, what, what's worrying me now can... Can he solve it now? He's moved mountains before. Can I believe that he'll do it again? You've been fighting for control, and the more you fight for it, the less you seem to have. The Bible says to cast all your cares and your anxiety on him, and the peace of God will come upon you. The promise of God still stands, and it's true even today, after all this time. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing. And you're like, boy, I don't want to put my hands up. Listen, everybody else is going to do it, so it won't be weird. But this is what we're going to do. We're going to lift our hands. And you might do this one. You might do this one, this one, this one. You might be doing this one. You might be both hands. I just want to encourage you to step beyond your comfort zone and to say, God, I'm releasing the worries that I have to you this morning. Thank mm-hmm. you.